All right, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of our interview. Now, if you haven't listened to the last episode, definitely go back and listen because y'all, y'all, you need to go back and listen, okay? <laughs> All right, and so definitely go back and listen. Now, uh, let's hop straight into the second part of the interview. All right, so Kimberly, you talked about how you went through incarceration and everything, right? Now, but also a part of that was going through a divorce, correct? Yes. Okay. So how, as someone who follows God and everything, did you go through that and not feel shame or not feel just so below for going through that process? And then also what led up to it? And then also what do you feel like God redeemed you from in spite of being a, a divorced woman? Yes. So God began to show me several things about the divorce. Like first, you know, we married young and we, I was in the right wife because the scripture says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. I was not a wife, you know, even though I thought I was, you know, I wasn't ready for marriage. I was selfish. I, I wouldn't submit it. You know, the scripture says, why submit to your own husband? Um, and then I was backslidden. Even though I was in church, remember, I was telling you I was just going through the motions. And my heart was far from God. I was carnal. I was watching, like, reality shows and things. I had no business watching. And I had no word in me. So because I didn't have no word in me, like, I was just carnal, you know. And um, so I, I tore down my own house. Proverbs 14.1 says, a foolish woman tears down her own house or the scripture says every wise woman build a house but a foolish woman plucks it down with her own hands so i plucked my house down with my own hands foolish woman so being backslidden and destroying my own house pretty much you know uh i pushed pushed them away and the scripture says it's better for a man to be on a, a corner of a rooftop rooftop to be in a house with a nagging woman so oh, i pushed mm-hmm. them away and then it was some infidelity you know there as well and i got mad and i was that scorned bitter woman like a diary of a mad black woman destroyed some property got arrested you know just Oh, my goodness. Mess, right? A hot mess. So God began to just deal with me, deal with uh, my selfishness, deal with my heart, deal with my motives, just grow me up. I remember one time he said, you got to grow up. You can't be fighting when you get mad. You know, Holy Spirit will tell you the truth. You know, you can't be doing this. You can't, be, you know, he began to show me uh, anger lodges in the bosoms of fools. And that convicted me. I'm like, oh, my God. He began to show me a fool gets full vit to his spirit. And that, that convicted me, too. I was like, oh, my God, I'm a fool. I'm foolish, you know. So this guy showed me myself through his word. That just pricked my heart and brought conviction. And conviction is an avenue to change. So oh. God began to call me. He's like, okay, I need you to preach. I said, God, I don't, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm worthy. Uh, who going to listen to me? God, I'm divorced. I have nothing good to offer. Mm-hmm. But then the Lord began to show me like people in the Bible that was not perfect that he used. Like the woman wow. of Samaria, she had five husbands, you know, mm-hmm. so she could have been divorced five times. I don't know, but she had five different husbands and Jesus told her <laughs> about herself. But, you know, she had a purpose. She went to go tell people, come see about a man. So God's like, why can't I use you? You know, uh, Moses killed an Egyptian and then he fled, but God called him to be a deliverer. So God just began to show me this people in the Bible who had powerful ministries that he used. So I said, okay, God, help me. So I stepped out and people began to 
listen, I didn't tell these people to listen to me, you know what I'm saying? But when God give you a message and a calling, you know, other people can recognize that. The enemy recognizes it too. And to try to discourage you with the shame and stuff, condemnation, but God delivered me from condemnation. Uh, the Romans 8 and 1, that there's no condemnation of those in Christ Jesus that belong to him. Um, and then I just I just say, you know what? God called me. I didn't call myself for this. Call myself to this. God called me. And Jesus shed his blood on the cross for me. He wanted me to do this. And I stepped out and did it. And um, people were getting blessed. So I said, God, I'm doing this for you and your people so they can get blessed by what you delivered me from and the story. So that's kind of how I overcame that. Just stop worrying about people's opinions and focus on God. And the ministry started to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when it started to grow, did you ever feel like, do you, do you continue to feel that I am not worthy of this feeling or does it feel away? Um, I think the biggest one is the rejection because, uh, you know, sometimes you can get in your feelings, <laughs> you know, you want to shrink back and get into a spiritual cave. So I just, I, I know God don't make mistakes. So when God calls you, he calls you, and we have to get out of that. And the Holy Spirit has rebuked me so many times. Um, sometimes he could be that chastising father, like kind of rough a little bit. He's gentle, but, you know, like gentle, uh, like, a, uh, uh, I guess a dove, but like like a lion as well, gentle as a lamb, but like a lion side. So he had to rebuke me. Like, I told you to stop thinking like that. I'm like, yes, sir. You know, when he's talking to me or ministering to me in my prayer time, because there were times when I said, I don't, I'm not a prophet. I don't feel like a prophet, you know, and God's like, you are who I told you who you are and things like that. So he had to get on me to get out myself because God began to tell me, I cannot fully use you if you're in the way. You know, you have to die to self. You got to decrease so I can in- increase in you. There were times when I was so trying to people please and worry about people and all that. And, you know, we can be our worst enemy, you know, enemy, you know, and God had to deliver me from that. So this is why we have to decrease so he can increase and just say, here, God, mm-hmm. I'm just available, a vessel for you. You're the potter. I'm the clay. Um, so I, I, I got to get out of my feelings so he can show up and show out. So and, and that has worked plenty of times. Like, okay, Kim, you get out of the way and the guy, you just do what you do. I just yield to him. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Now, for people who are divorced in the church, how do how do you think that they most people feel? Well, I, I think it depends on the, the circle. Some people don't even believe in women preachers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. Then I get a lot of hate mail sometimes and it'd be like, Women supposed to keep silent in the church or women. Ah! The head cover. I'm like, well, boo, you taking the scripture out of context because it was talking about prophecy. Like, look at the whole chapter before you take one verse. You know, First huh. Corinthians 14, we're talking about prophecy. Look at it. You know, it's, it's unruly if a pastor trying to preach and somebody stand up, those said the Lord in the middle of the message. That's unruly. It was talking about prophecy, not women supposed to be quiet and they can't preach. Like, come on. But um, it depends on the circle. Some people, um, they, um, I don't want to say religious but they put all these laws upon people to keep them in bondage. And Jesus came to break the law. <laughs> you know, Jesus came to set us free. And I, I just go, I don't care what nobody say. Cause the thing is this, if God called you, he's, he'll back you. So many people may look at me and be like, she young or she not anointed. Look, I'm going to show up and let the anointed speak for herself. And that's yeah. what I always want. So that's that's what that's what you have to do because you're gonna have haters and spectators. But guess what? After I finish ministering, I bet you that the power of God will come. I bet you all these people will be healed, saved, and delivered. But what can you do? Do you have God working in you? Is the heaven backing you up? So I just let the anointing speak for itself, just like Elijah. 
when he was confronted by the prophets of Baal and Azarah. And he said, if your God is God, let him, you know, uh, pull down fire. You know, if my God is God, you know, let my God pull down fire from heaven and we'll worship, you know, we'll worship my God or your God, depending on who put down fire. But, you know, God will show. God is a demonstrating God. God shows up and shows out. So there's time for people to step out and demonstrate his kingdom. And, you know, people will always... the anointing comes with attacks and when you especially when you operate in the glory it's going to have a lot of hateration around the spectators because that's what jesus had so yeah people will say she's not qualified or this and that but you know we will know them by their fruit just just look at the fruit you know i don't we don't even have to defend ourselves i learned that a long time ago you know people say all kind of evil things about us but god says we are blessed when they say evil things about us we are blessed when people falsely accuse us for righteousness sake so i say okay god i'm just blessed and it comes with the territory because p- people say some evil things like it's, it's, it's horrible but you know mm, yeah huh. wow <laughs> <laughs> oh wow now, okay, so in terms of writing the books and everything, how did that come? And yes. how did you steward during that time? Because writing and publishing, that is not easy. Like, it's, it's a process. And so yeah. how did you steward over that whole entire time? Yes, it's, it's definitely hard work. And I just encourage people just to do it. Like, you know, don't worry about how, feeling the write the books. Some people say, I'm not going to write till I feel it. No, just treat it as a job and get it done because it's God. It's God's business and books are a legacy. And, you know, you may die, but your book will outlive you. You know, I'm, I'm still reading plenty of people's books that died like 30, 40 years ago, but I still got their book, you know, reading those books. But um, God told me in the beginning, like after I got out of jail, he began to call me to ministry and he said, start a blog. So I did the blog and I just began to write about some of the things I got delivered from, little short inspirational things. He said, turn the blog into a book. I was like, okay, you want me to write a book? I didn't know what I was doing, but I stepped out and I did it. And I self-published a little book. And then God gave me a list of 21 books. He said, here, you did the first book. (laughs) He said, here's 21 books. So I wrote all the titles down and all the books. And then it was a process. I remember the second book, I was so depressed, suicidal. I was praying to die. God said, it ain't your time to die yet. You got work to do. So I snapped out of that and started writing again. I'm writing another book, going through warfare, computer crash out of nowhere. I'm on the way to go to the store to get another computer. I almost get a car accident you know trying to get a computer uh and i had to start from scratch so many times because of attacks somebody sent me uh spam or whatever that um some, something on your computer where they wipe off all your files so i lost all my book files because somebody sent me a malicious link or something so i had to start oh, from wow. scratch. you know my thumb drive uh with all my books and files on it, it just stopped working and crashed i'm like oh my god like it was just crazy so I wanted to quit so many times, but I just kept pushing. So after I finished the 21 books, God said, you're not done yet. Here you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now I'm at 47 books and I, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going until he called me home to glory. But it's definitely a process, but it's worth it. It's, it, it, it's, it's a fruit. Um, and I believe like uh, your reward would be great in heaven. You, you know, you're impacting people's lives. People are getting delivered, healed, feeling God through the books getting hope and encouragement and it's 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 worth it because god is getting you know glorified from it yeah Mm. 
That's the name of this. Alright, so this will probably be our last topic that I want to hit because I haven't hit it yet. Let's talk about marriage real quick. So yes. for me, I am a happily single woman, but of course, when in God's timing and the man that God has, I do want to pursue that. And so what is one thing that you would say to all the single women who are like wanting, desiring marriage while at the same time, it's not, it hasn't happened yet? Whether they're younger like me or even older. Yes. I say just wait on God and be patient because you don't want to uh, marry a bozo. <laughs> you want to marry a bozo. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the counterfeits always come before the real deal. And that's what happened to me where like, I'm on fire for God. I'm not even thinking about a man. And then all of a sudden, like these bozos will come. Um, for example, one guy, he was still married trying to talk to me. I didn't know. I went to God, I prayed, and God said, no. And I said, no. And then he sent some fire, and I felt fire, like, hit me in the spirit. I was like, ouch. You know, and then I said, okay, God, I won't even pursue it. I'm listening. Come to find out, it all came out that he was married. I'm like, okay. So it was like the counterfeits come before the real, the real deal. So just wait on God and don't settle for the first person in your inbox telling you you're beautiful. You got to know you're beautiful. If you feel lonely, find a friend in Jesus. And and just wait on God's best because especially if you called and you have a, a ministry, if you marry the wrong person, that man can shut your ministry down. Wow. Um, that he can hold you back. And it's, it's difficult being in ministry if you're married to a wrong wrong person. You know, you know you're called to preach like there's, I think like Catherine Kuhlman, we, we hear about her, God's generals. She had married the wrong person and her ministry suffered for many years until she got up out of that. So wow. it's, it's very important to marry the right person. So just wait on God in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. Now, for the people who are married and in ministry, what is one piece of advice that you give them? Yes. I say take care of your home. And many people, uh, they, especially in ministry, it's nonstop. Like, I get so many requests. It's 24-7. It could be 1 o'clock in the morning. Ding, ding, pray for me, pray for me. So I had to set boundaries. I just cut off the notifications, you know, to it so I can get some rest. And so I can spend time with God, you know, because if you don't, it's just there, there, there. And you have to invest in your marriage because so many people in ministry are getting divorced because they're, mm. they're they're neglecting their spouse. And then their kids end up hating God or church because it's always church, church. Everything can't be about church, church. Take time and spend time with your family because, you know, we're not married to the church. Jesus you know, is married to the church. The bride, you know, is, is the church, you know, or, you know, the church is Christ's bride, not our bride, you know. So God tell and ministry, let me tell you, family is the first, our first ministry is the first institution that God, our marriage is the first institution that God established. So a happy home, things will be so much better in ministry. So invest in your family. You know, like I tell people, look, I, this is date night. Don't call me because, you know, I've been, look, I, I, I'm spending time with you twice a day, Monday through Friday. On Saturday, I'm going to give this time to my marriage and invest in my marriage. I'm, I, I refuse to let my marriage fall apart, you know, because I'm spending time with you guys. But I'm going to spend time with you already five days this week, right? Mm-hmm. Let me have one day for my family. And yeah, I'll yeah. see you on a Sunday and I'll see you back on Monday morning. You know, don't call me unless you're in the hospital if it's not one one one. You know what I'm saying? A situation, right? Yeah. So you have to set those boundaries. So invest in your family. Mm-hmm. That's good. 
Now, what if people try to break up those boundaries? How do you continue to stand firm? Yeah, and you'll, you'll have some people like that. They get mad at you, and they, mm-hmm. there's some people with entitlement spirits. Well, I sow this much into you and things, like, but are you giving to me, or but are you giving to God? You know, you can't buy me because I've been brought with a price. Jesus shed his blood for me on the cross. Mm-hmm. So there's people like that. They'll be like, try to control you. And I, I faced that early on in my ministry. But God was like, no, I'm giving your own. I'm establishing you. He gave me businesses. So I don't want for nothing. Nobody can buy me. Nobody can tell me to preach this and I'll give you this amount of money and all that. It don't even matter. So people, if they can't respect the boundaries, then, you know, they, they can go. They can go, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't want those people around you with those kind of spirits anyways, because they, again, the enemy will send people. There's uh, people with titles. There's nothing but witches and warlocks in operation. And there's people with different kind of spirits and people should want their leader you know, happy or the man or woman of God, blessed and happy. So the more they're, they're stable and they're, they're delivered and things, they can pour out more, more effectively. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just, just stand firm and you could do it in love. You know, excuse me, I'm spending time with my family. And like, you you you, tr- you treat people how to train you as well. Like, for mm-hmm. example, if a new person come and they'll they look at me and they're like, oh, she's young, but you don't know I've been in ministry, you know, for eight years. You don't know I've been saved for almost 18 years. So you can't judge a book by its cover, you know? So they look at you like, oh, she's young, she a novice, but you don't know how long I've been walking with God. You know, so they'll try to, you know, try to take over. So I had to tell people this, you know, I say just like this, ma'am, this is the God's ministry. God gave me this ministry. I'm going to do what God told me to do. You do your ministry, how God is leading you to do, but I'm going to do this ministry, how God is leading me. And that just shuts it down. And that's standing my ground. And they leave because they came for the wrong reason. But if they came for the right reason, they're like, okay, and they'll stay. But if they came for the wrong reason, they'll go. (laughs) Wow. Mm. How many people transitions have you seen within life? In ministry, in ministry, people come and go. They come and go. Like there's some people that they're hurting, and they're looking for a perfect church. And mm. they, they, there's no perfect church, or they're look, looking for the perfect leader. There's no perfect leader, you know, because they're not perfect. Nobody's perfect, and it, it, it's sad. And and sometimes people they're they're hurt and they're wounded and they're walking around with wounds and they're playing this victim mentality or they got a vagabond spirit, they're Roman and they're not satisfied. But the problem is, is them. If they have an issue with everybody else, like every church, it is them. And it's time for them to sit down and go to God and get some, do some self-evaluation and allow God to purge and things like that. But I've seen it all the time. I see some people came to my ministry and they, you know, just left and it's okay. You know, I had to make sure my heart is right so I can bless them. I tell people, okay, fine. You want to go somewhere else? Go ahead. I never want to hold you back because I know the people that God assigned to me, they're going to stick with me no matter what. So vice versa. So it it happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Now, what is one thing that you feel like people should change about ministry that you have to learn how to change? I think like our, our, our hearts and our motives, like one of the things is prayer. Like when I was a Buddhist, we chanted for hours, right? It was like two hours nonstop. 
not too many people can pray or last that long. Jesus told his disciples, could you not stay awake and pray for pray with me for one hour in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? He needed them. That hour was a critical, you know, hour for him. But they could, people don't want to pray. I remember doing like my first conference. It was a prophetic conference. Everybody want to get a word from the prophet, right? But then my second conference was a prayer gathering and half the church came or not too many people came. You know, it's like people don't want to pray. You know, I, and I, my, my ministry is mostly pray. We pray like twice a day, all day, you know what I'm saying? And not people want to come, but let me put on my Facebook Live, I'm prophesying. That thing be full of 300, 400 people. Everybody want to work. So I think like a lot of people, um, we got to do better. Like our flesh, and sorry, let me plug this up. My Our flesh is like, uh, I, I want a word. You know, uh, I don't want to put in the time for fasting or prayer. Wow. I want a word and just like uh, in, in uh, I think it's the book of Exodus when God wanted to visit the people on Mount Sinai and people said, no, we don't want to, you know, have God visit us. We just want to hear it through the prophet, you know, yeah. making up excuses like I'm going to die if, if by the fire, if God speak to us out the fire, people making excuses. So that's one of the things of like people can make, you know, you their God. Some people try to make me their God. I'm like, don't worship me. No, go to Jesus. Like some people, they don't even pray. They will come to you first. No, you pray to God first. Then come to me. You know, like people. So that's the thing. Like people will worship you. That's why there's so many false prophets because they let those people worship them. People changing their name to the prophet's last name. People, you know, just doing all kind of crazy stuff in ministry. But we got to get back to the heart of the father. And be about the Father's business. So I say it starts in prayer, you know, because prayer is our time to commune with God and God will reveal some stuff to us, you know, about us. Like you got to get yourself together because if, if, if not, we'd be a hot mess out here hurting people and stuff, destroying people's lives. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll get to the end of the, our lives and um, he'll say, like, I didn't even know you. That yeah. has to be the worst of worst feelings. Like, I would not want that story, you know? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's that's scary. Like, have I not prophesied in your name? All this work for what? Nothing. It's been an eternity in hell. Like, that's, that's scary. Yeah, yeah. And it's real, too. Now, real quick, this is, I, I, I think this is going to be the last question, the last question, the last question. Okay. So, from being, having a possible eternity with Buddha, like with Buddha or like reincarnation, whatever, to knowing that you have eternity with Jesus and, you know, you're snatched out of hell and everything. How has that been with communicating that to people of that hell is real? Ooh, yeah. Um, I, I just be transparent. You know, many people are shocked at the level of transparency. Like, um, I think like people feel like preachers got to be perfect or they got to have a squeaky clean, clean background. That's not even the case. Like God want to use you how you are. So I'm, I'm always transparent. And there's people like trolls that will come on like broadcast, like when I used to do periscopes. And sometimes on my Facebook Live and my YouTube, like Satanists will come and try to say crazy stuff in my videos. I just keep preaching the word, regardless of who want to hear it or not. You know, um, one plants another waters, but God gives the increase. And yeah. I just, just stay faithful to the message. I just stay faithful. Like, yep, I used to be a Buddhist. Now I'm living for Jesus. Jesus is the way, truth, and the life. No one can come through the Father except through Christ. And I just preach about Jesus. And as I preach about Jesus, that's the power of salvation unto the cross. You know, many people, when they stop preaching about Jesus, where's the power at? 
you know, so as I preach about Jesus and some of these people, they may think I'm crazy at first, but their seeds are being planted. They may think that they may destroy or try to come and mess up with something that God is doing, but seeds are being planted. And, you know, greater is he that's in me than him that's in the world. And I know, like, as I stepped out and start doing, like, live meetings, there was a witch that came to one of the meetings trying to hurt me. But, again, the power of God just, you know, the power of God got on that individual. So they realized, like, hey, I can't touch God's servant right? Yeah. So I just be faithful and God will protect you and, and, and people will see the light of God through you. Like the enemy recognizes who's of God or not. You know, just like the sons of Sceva, the seven sons of Sceva, the enemy knew, <laughs> like they didn't have it. You know, Paul, I know, Silas, I know, but who are you? So yeah. Um, but yeah, hell is real. It's definitely real. Yeah, definitely. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and everything. Please tell everyone how they can find you, how they can connect with you, whether it's prayer calls or anything. And we'll also have a link listed below. Yeah, so you can go to my website at prophetisk.org. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Kimberly Moses, or Prophetess Kimberly Moses. You can go on my YouTube channel, Kimberly Moses. For publishing, you can go to republishing.org, magazine, rejoiceessential.com. Uh, so uh, I we pray like twice a day, Monday through Friday, 6 o'clock and noon. So you're welcome to join us. So if you go to our social media pages, you can find all the information about the prayer calls. And um, my books are on amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. So just type my name and all that stuff will pop up. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for just being transparent. But then above that, for just being obedient after obedience after obedience, like never, never stopping. And so, yes, thank you so much for coming on. And y'all, I hope that you enjoyed this whole entire interview. Thank you so much for coming on, Kimberly. And we'll have to see you again. All right. So good night, y'all. Bye, (laughs) y'all.